Hi, hello, and welcome back to Tori Talk Scripture. It's been a couple weeks um, since I've recorded a podcast solely based on the fact of just trying to get into the routine of working from home and what that looks like as someone who works with people. Um, my job has changed in and of the sense of like, I don't get to interact with my kids, my coworkers um, as much as I'd like to. And that's weird. It's honestly put me in a place of, um, you know, who, who am I if I don't have these things? Um, I'm still a DCE and I'm still a child of God. Uh, I spend a whole lot of my time making uh, devotion videos for families, adults, kids, anyone really that'll sit and listen to me thump on the guitar and talk about Jesus. Um, and here I am coming to you. Uh, this isn't part of my job description, but I thoroughly love talking about scripture with all of you. And so I'm glad to be back on, on this Good Friday. And um, for me, it's actually a Good Friday. I've had a fantastic day and I'm learning each and every day during this um, quarantine to take those little moments of joy. And today I, I got to go with a friend to go get coffee in Jimmy John's, go through the drive through to pick up coffee in Jimmy John's and just the joy that I felt being able to interact with someone and um, be out and about and kind of feel normal for a little bit uh, was really great. And so I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for the little joys that I get each and every day. Me and my roommate have been sitting uh, by the curb waving to people almost every day since it started. And I feel like people are now expecting us to be there. They're starting to honk and wave and be like, hey, how are you guys? And we're like, okay, this is a norm now. Um, And that's okay. We're trying to settle into our new norm. And um, that's all right. I hope you are too. I continually think about people and how they're being affected by this change. And ultimately, like what we're going to be like when this is all past us. I mean, what was before will be before and never our new new normal. Um, I just hope I don't feel like I need to sanitize my groceries for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) I think that's probably one of the more comical things that happens around right now. But anyways, um, back to it being Good Friday and back to it being about Jesus. I'm uh, here to bring that to you to chat about. I think Good Friday is become one of um, the most reflective days for me as a Christian. Um, I remember the first time hearing the cross story of what Jesus did for us on the cross when I was about 16 years old. And I remember just being in awe of what Jesus did for us and so perplexed. And so as I've wrestled with that topic of the crucifixion and what led up to that, um, there are three people that have stood out to me lately that I wanted to chat with you about. Also, by the way, if you hear any like rustling or whining, that is my dog. Thanks, Gus. Um, he's being featured in this podcast as well, apparently. Um, but anyways, the three people I wanted to talk about other than Jesus are Barabbas and the um, criminals, the two criminals that were hanging next to Jesus when he was at Golgotha on the cross. And so uh, first let's look at Barabbas. Um, You have Jesus and Barabbas both up there on trial. And I find it so interesting 
that we look at Barabbas and we're like, yeah, what a loser he was. Like, why did Jesus get chosen? I don't understand. Like, Barabbas was clearly a loser and like, you know, whatever. But like, when you look at it, it's like, (laughs) I remember there was this video that was talking about how we are Barabbas, that when we are sinful, when we do things wrong, um, there's this, sometimes there's a sense of pride. Um, and Jesus stood there humbly knowing he did nothing and didn't fight back. And he died also for Barabbas. He didn't look at Barabbas and go, well, (laughs) guess I'm not choosing you. You don't get, you don't get the opportunity to, to come to heaven because you know what? If, if later in life, the Holy Spirit took over Barabbas's heart and he was a Christian, guess what? He would be in paradise too. And I always find that to be so, I don't even, I, there are no words to that because I can't think of a time or place where I would want somebody to be with me in a really great place if they just stood there and lied to everyone saying like I should be free and that I should, that the other person needs to be crucified when clearly they are the one in the wrong. And so then that, that brings me to, you know, the cross. Um, so after, you know, Jesus is thrown to the wolves at this point to be beaten, stripped of his clothes, mocked, spit on, ridiculed, and to have to carry his own cross all the way up to Golgotha. Tired, bloody, worn out, nailed to a cross. I bring you Luke 23, 39 to 43, which is the interaction between Jesus, a tired, dying man, and God, sitting on the cross, still able to give good news. So, Luke 23, 39 to 43, this is the New American Standard Bible version. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong, he was saying. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. And this interaction always struck me for two reasons. Because sometimes I'm the the ridiculer of, of mocking Jesus and saying, you know, if you were God, you would just stop this. If you could just stop this, that would be great. You know, don't you have all the answers? Don't you know everything? Don't you know I'm suffering? Sometimes I am that, I am that prisoner. But a lot of the times I really hope that I can be the other one. And sometimes it takes being the first prisoner mocking Jesus to then realize, oh, I am a sinner. And I'm glad that Jesus can look at him and say that you're in paradise. And the fact that Jesus is hanging on the cross, gasping for air, 
and can still love them just like that. He can just love them. And to know that he loves you like that, that Jesus sat there and hung there on the cross in agony, in pain, in suffering, pleading to God in his human nature that he didn't want this, but saying, let your will be done, God. And what would that look like for me right now? As I plead to God, make this different, God. Just take this away. Do something. But never do I finish, but let your will be done. I'm still struggling with that because I don't always understand the will of God. Actually, most of the time, I don't understand God's will for me. Other than that, I'm supposed to love others and love him. But on the day-to-day stuff, it's kind of hard to understand. So I'm here wrestling with you. Um, I know the phases that we go through, but I do want you to know that you are loved and forgiven and that on this day 2,000 years ago, Jesus had you in mind. And I understand that you're struggling and so am I. But he says that we will be with him in paradise. And I can't wait for that. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your one and only Son to endure the pain of the cross, to love us deeply, and to hold on so that we can have hope because in three days you rose. God, let us live in that hope. Let us love one another with your love. Let us look to you and let your will be done. In your name we pray. Amen.